welcome to the United Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you listening. We're your hosts, Cassie Jones, and I'm here with James. Yeah, so what up, y'all? The United Podcast is a place where photographers and creatives get to sit at the same table and share and learn from each other and grow together as part of the same community. We get the opportunity to chat with some of the industry leaders in our space uh, with the hope that listening to them you get to transform your business and in so doing, transform your life because ultimately we want to see the creativity that exists inside of you get cultivated and grow. Uh, and so today we got an opportunity to talk with Jen and Jeff of Tonic Sight Shops. I mean, these guys are incredible, super amazing. Uh, Cash, you know them pretty well too, huh? I do. So Jen and Jeff are absolutely amazing. I met them many years ago at United for the first time and have had the privilege of hearing them speak so many times. And I've loved every time that I get to listen to them. They're amazing at what they do. And I have some really great United memories of them. They are design soulmates who run their business across the country from one another, which is amazing in and of itself. And they make beautiful websites for show it. Oh, yeah. They're like super awesome. We got an opportunity to spend time with them at a designer's retreat in Cabo. I won't be braggy, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the insight they have through like the wealth of experience and the number of sites that they've designed, uh, it's pretty incredible. And so, you know, what they're able to contribute and the insight that they're going to share with you all uh, is is immeasurable. So definitely enjoy We had a great conversation. Can't wait to share that with y'all. Yeah, so let's get to it. Here's our conversation with Jeff and Jen. We are so So happy to be here. Yeah. East Coast, West Coast, representing Seattle and D.C. area. We're happy to be with you guys today. That's so exciting. so great. East Coast, West Coast. That used to be a thing in the past. Yeah, it's kind. We kind of use it as like it makes us sound really cool, but really it's just like a logistical nightmare. But um, you know, (laughs) we make it work. (laughs) So you guys are. You say that you're design soulmates. How did each of you get started in design, and how did you figure out that you guys were soulmates at the same time? Oh yeah. it's a love story it's a love story for the ages um just like a very platonic we joke that it's a platonic love story because most people think that that we're married and always compliment us and like our beautiful children that we don't have together (laughs) Um, i have no children so yeah we'll just lead by saying we're not married jeff has beautiful dog children i have beautiful actual children um not that his children are any less children just to be clear for all you dogs out there yeah, my human children, yeah. Jeff's dog children. Let's just get that <laughs> clear. Um, but yeah, so I started in design um, from the journalism and editorial world. So that's my background is in journalism. That's what I majored in in college. Um, and I kind of fell into design really naturally when I first realized that if you made something beautiful, that people actually wanted to read it. And um, that was kind of my experience whenever I was editing our school paper was as soon as we redesigned it, all of a sudden people started paying attention. And so I realized there was just a lot of power in a great story told well and told beautifully. Um, And so I kind of seamlessly transitioned into doing some website design for friends who were all becoming creatives. Um, So many of my friends were becoming photographers and artists or in the wedding industry out of college because everyone was getting married. And so I remember really vividly, actually, one of my good friends 
um, Rebecca Murray was like, hey, can you work on my website for me? And I was like, no, I can't do anything with website design because I don't know how to code. I can just do like invitations and other things like that or logo design. And she was like, no, no, no. There's this amazing platform called Show It. And ding, Show It. Um, and I was so excited. I was like, what's Show It? This sounds great. Um, and so I built my first website on Show It. I don't know, up here, probably 10 years ago, maybe, maybe, maybe even more than that. And it was the first time I had done website projects before, but it was the first time I'd ever been able to just not absolutely ruin a developer's life by <laughs> by making them code something that I designed and then, you know, promptly having 87,000 small tweaks that they needed to make until it was perfect and until it's what I wanted. And so I thought it was so cool and so powerful that I could design a website and perfect it myself and bring it to life and do things that I'd never seen done um, on the internet until that point. So I was hooked and I fell in love and uh, I'll let, I'll let Jeff tell the part where we, where we get together. But um, that's kind of where my story started was transitioning from journalism to design and then falling in love with show it and falling in love with website design. Um, and it's, it's funny. We, we always laugh because we have like a similar, similar, um, education background I was a, a communication studies major and oh, but I kind of, yeah so Jen hit like the journalism and I was kind of more in group dynamics and interpersonal communication was kind of my focus um and then along the way of doing that um I ended up dabbling in photography and so while I was in college um I started uh photographing just like my friends, anyone who would, my dog back home, my sister, um, <laughs> and like plants around Westmont College's campus. And um, I started just kind of growing a photography business while I was in college still. And I, I booked a couple of weddings kind of my last year in college. And then I was like, hey, I should, I should build like a website for this. Um, and I'll never forget like sitting in my dorm room my junior year trying to come up with like my business name and I never I didn't like how Jeffrey Shipley photography sounded I was like that sounds really weird with all the whys at the end <laughs> so then I was like I'm gonna go like J Shipley creative and there's gonna be like a period after the J like every time I sign my name just gonna be like J period um and so I was like I need a website for this awesome brand I just created in my dorm room <laughs> and um and so I put all the photos that I had taken through like through different um sheets that I was doing with friends or like I would I would shoot for the newspaper or for the yearbook I would like go on assignment and um I feel really cool when I was on assignment and I was like, okay, I'm going to put all of this on a website. And so I got like some really lame template website from some other company who I don't even remember. Um, and then my friend, um, my friend Allie was, um, was friends with David J and told me about this website company. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really cool like I could build on my own so I downloaded show it and just built my own website and so that's kind of was like oh I had this vision of creating my own website um but I could, couldn't do it because like Jen I didn't know any code I had no like graphics training really 
um, I studied art history was my art background. And so I was like, (laughs) yeah, super helpful. Um, So I was like, the idea that I can like take this concept that I have in my mind and make it happen um, was mind blowing to me. And the funniest thing (laughs) in retrospect was that I built like the website you shouldn't build. (laughs) <laughs> like at the time I was like so so not like strategic from a website perspective but it was like really pretty like my menu items were completely sideways they were like dripping off of the polaroids essentially and it was like very 2009 and you know it was like put a polaroid on it and everything was just like heavy lomo effects and just gritty there was like um, Jen, you remember that that era where there was like maybe it was just my own era where everything was just like very distressed and kind of graffiti like, and I'm like, what? so that's what started on my people were like, hey, will you design my website? I was like, sure, I'll just try not to make your menu sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was the um? What was the journey? How'd you get from the initial sort of design experience to discovering Tonic as, I mean, Jeff, you sound like a brand master, you know, J dot period. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that the naming of Tonic was even more nonlinear than that. Um, and we'll get to that, but Jen should tell you about kind of how it all, how like we actually met and how it started. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, can you? So we were both doing custom website design at that point and our, our, both of our businesses independently um, were starting to take off a bit and we didn't know each other. Um, and we actually met via the Show It Designers Facebook group way back in the day. So there were just a few of us kind of like Lone Ranger cowboy um, designers in the Show It Facebook group. And I would post occasionally with projects that I was working on to get feedback um, and get people's kind of advice on things that I should do differently or et cetera. And one time I was posting up a website that I was working on that I was going to be launching the next day. And it was really late at night. It was like midnight. And I posted up the website and I was like, hey, guys, I'm launching this tomorrow. If anyone has any feedback, let me know. And secretly, probably this is just like both to get feedback and then also to hear other designers like, this looks really good. I kind of did that at midnight the night before a lot. <laughs> Let's just be real honest. But I was looking for that positive feedback loop. Um, but to the converse, what I got that night was this very long message from this guy named Jeff Shipley, who I'd never met before, I'd never heard of. And he had gone through the entire website for me and found every single thing wrong with it just every possible thing (laughs) just everything that was wrong like this needs to be moved a pixel here like this is not aligned right here this image is like a little smaller than the box right here just seemed everything that was wrong and fortunately I think this probably would have like devastated or really annoyed some people but I was really thrilled because I'm a perfectionist and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he caught all these errors for me. And then I was like, who is this really nice guy that like stayed up really late one night to just help someone else's website get that much better, you know, and spend his own time without even really being asked to make sure that everything was really dialed in and all the details were on point because he knew that that would matter. Um, and that just to me was like such the essence of, of who Jeff was and then who Jeff is now. He still does that to me. 
even though I've asked him to stop sending me everything wrong with everything. I won't stop. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 this is my job now, Jen. Um, but we started chatting, we started chatting in the Facebook group and kind of um, offline as well. We, I just remember having like various conversations about different sites and different projects we were working on and we kind of would consult each other. And then we finally got to meet in person at a show it designer retreat, actually. And uh, we kind of bonded over being like the two people in the back of the class, like making jokes and, you know, underneath our breath and like Jeff was wearing like really cool socks. And I was like, oh, this is a good guy. Like this is, this is going to be someone I'm friends with. So we joked that we then made the very bad, potentially terrible decision to immediately jump into business together because just a few days later we met up and, and we're just talking about how, we had too much business and we were having to say no a lot and really there needed to be like some really cool temple websites because at the time there weren't very many template companies and most of them were kind of like a lower budget. If you can't afford a custom website, then you can have this instead. It's not nearly as cool, but you can at least will have something. And we were like, wait a second, why does it have to be that way? Like, why does it have to be that if you can't afford a custom website, you get a crappy website instead? And so we, we had kind of the early seeds of the idea for Tonic and decided we needed to do something together. And so we did. And the funny thing was, again, like we hardly knew each other. We'd only met in person once. And for whatever reason, we thought it would be a good idea to like start working together. And when we got together in LA the few days after the retreat and started kind of brainstorming it and kind of hatching this idea, um, I just remember thinking like, what are we doing? Like, this is crazy. And yet, you know, sort of months later where I remember I was, I was right before I'd moved up Seattle. So I was at, back home with my family over the holidays. And I remember like I had a little desk set up in my parents' basement. And I remember just like texting with Jen. It's just like brainstorm ideas of like what to call this thing we were going to create together and all of this sort of brainstorming was via text message and it's funny because I just wish that we could like find those but you know how that goes like you can't find anything in iMessage at this point and you know at this point well gosh that's like pushing like eight years ago so anyways just like some of the ideas that we threw out I remember there was like seller and cask and like like why are we dealing with wine we didn't know like it was all just like <laughs> wh why are we trying to name our business this and I just I'll never forget when Jen was like what about like what about tonic like sites on tap haha -ha. I was like ooh, that's <laughs> interesting and I also remember having like a strong aversion to the word tonic because there was this sort of seedy nightclub in Santa Barbara that I you know, sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to Tonic. And you're like, why are we here? That's kind of how it was in college. And so I was like, ooh, that's that's not a cute place. Um, <laughs> so got over that because of the sites on tap. And then because of like this kind of imagery that we were able to kind of build around it with uh, a tonic is actually like an invigorating agent or a restorative agent. So there's that sort of from like an apothecary medicinal standpoint. And so we're like, ooh, we're the we're the cure for the common website, and that kind of like that, I uh, that sort of visual um, narrative was really interesting to us. And then we sort of were like, ooh, but we could play into like like the gin and tonic kind of thing, and like how a tonic is part of a cocktail. And then that's where 
the all the sort of cocktail imagery and brand narrative started to come from. So it all just started with this sort of joke that Jen made, and that ended up being like our, our tagline is sites on tap. Um, so good things can come over time, you know, times in your parents' basement via text message. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson here. Yeah. The lesson here is that is hilarious. How much of that was influenced by your uh, journalism background or your sort of communication background? That's such an interesting way to come up with that name. You talked about apothecary and all that stuff too. That's so interesting. Would you attribute some yeah, of that to your I journalism? Know. I mean. That's really interesting. It could be. I, I think that both of us are really drawn to storytelling. And so I think that like if you think about the roots of the name tonic, really we were we were talking about like what we were setting out to do and like the problem that we were trying to solve. And we realized that there was like a thickness in the creative world and we called it boring template one type one type syndrome. Essentially, you know, and we said that it's not catching what the yawns are, basically. Um, but we that was the idea. It's like, okay, how can we cure this problem? And so I think that if you think about um, kind of the narrative and the storytelling as it relates to that, I think that's why the, the name hasn't ever felt something that was dated or it hasn't ever been something that we've talked about rebranding because I think there was a really good story at the base. And even though it was kind of silly and how it came about, I do think there's probably storytelling and journalism roots in there somewhere. That's awesome. Well, and I think both of us being, you know, being calm studies majors in, in some way, um, we just loved writing and we've always kind of connected on that point. Um, and we just loved like, I just we had like a press release when we launched Tonic, which we didn't really know what to do with the press release, but we had it and it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just because we had these, like, we just had that that desire to, like, tell a story about the brand. Um, and I think because we built it on something that that actually, it, it wasn't just, like, cute and clever. It actually, like, made sense with, like, what we were trying to do with these with this project we were working on. Um it, it, it actually, that's part of why it still kind of stands. But the funny thing that we realized is that, like, from out from probably for the first, like, five or six years, we, like, leaned real hard into the cocktail stuff. And we started to realize that, like, people would be like, wait, are you a bar? Like, <laughs> like Jen's mom would message her and be like, wait a minute. Like, what's, what's with all this? <laughs> you know? And we're like, well... No, we sell website templates, but we like name them after cocktails. And so we we started to kind of refine that messaging a little bit away from like confusing, like are we a bar or like a cocktail blog? Um, mm. To really making sure that that was clear that we're like really helping to we're, we're here to like help people kind of cure what ails them within their web presence, um, and that's why we're called Tonic, really. That's a great story. And and you both still design on your own as well. How does that balance look between doing design on your own and then doing business together? Well, interestingly enough, there's actually been kind of a, a bit of a journey there too. Right now, um, we actually have joined forces kind of on all fronts when it comes to offering custom design. Um, so historically, we actually kind of did run 
kind of independent design studios separately. Mm -hmm. And what we realized was that the it was just tonic was growing into this thing, like it was more than a side hustle. It became more of of this full-fledged company that required more from us. Mm -hmm. And we were also realizing that we were leaning on each other so much, even in that work. And we were like, why aren't we, why aren't we just like doing this together? Um, and then once we started building the infrastructure of our company and like hiring the team and, and building that out more, like now we're actually able to take on more of that work and able to sort of achieve it in an even like higher capacity because we're doing it together. Um, but retrospectively, when we think, when we think about what that looked like, it just it was a lot. It was, and I don't even, and Jen can comment on this too. I don't know that we ever really found a balance of. I mean, it was basically like I was running two full time businesses, and Jen was running three, and that you know she was doing her own creative work, tonic, and then being a full time mom, mm -hmm. um, and so she was. And that's where we had gotten like two years ago where we're like, what are we doing? We're running, running way too many businesses at the same time. Yeah. And I think it just can create confusion, you know, and at any time you confuse your audience, I feel like you lose. And I know that's kind of the common idiom, but um, people are definitely confused. Like, okay, Jen, like what, do, what's tonic? What, what do you do? What does tonic do? And then Jeff, like what services are you providing? What services does tonic provide? Where are those lines crossed? Like, where you know and then there was the tension of like when are we working on our business how do we grow tonic but then also grow our individual brands and so there was just a huge relief when we finally combined mm -hmm. um those things and then like the things that were the areas of my life where jeff had been a huge asset as it related to tonic and growing our business then i could also pull him in on other work and say hey you know, what do you think about this project that I'm doing over here instead of that feeling like, oh, no, 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 that's just my thing. So I, I just kind of have to like struggle through that on my end. Um, so it was a huge, it was a huge help to finally kind of bring everything under one, one um, roof. And I think that was something we, we were resisted for a long time. And then we're like, why, why did we resist this so long? This was so much better for, for all concerned. <laughs> and it's much easier to grow it's much, much easier to grow one company than it is to grow three companies. Mm -hmm. And so we've we've really enjoyed the, the benefits of just seeing Tonic grow instead of Jen Olmstead and, and Justably. And, and then realizing that like anything that's good for us personally and individually is, is great for our brand as a whole. And so there is this sense of camaraderie of like, hey, we're in this. Like, I want the best things for Jeff personally. I want the best things for Jeff professionally. Whatever that looks like, I'm excited to be a part of it. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this actually, you know, parlays to, you know, kind of what it's like to work together. And, um, you know, what we realized kind of, I mean, really, I feel like, Jen, it was within the last couple of years, we realized that we were so hell-bent on, like, being so equal in terms of, like, the tasks we were doing. And so we had this idea that, like, well you know, you should do half of it and I should do half of it. And so we'd be like, okay, Jen, I sent 10 emails. Now you send 10 emails. And it was this sort of back and forth based on like all of the tasks and all of the responsibilities of running a business. And we started to then look at like, 
the efficiency of that. And then like, why is it that I, I just, I'll never forget when we would go to WPPI and be like, we're going to do social media and we're going to post on Instagram. And I would take the photo and then I would try to post and like the caption and I'd sit there and like, Jen's like, what are you doing for 35 minutes? And I'm like, I'm, I'm writing the caption, like, leave me alone. And she's like, Let me, give me your phone. And then she'd write the <laughs> caption and it'd be done. And it would take five minutes. And so we started to realize that there were these things we were doing that was like, that were super inefficient. Um, and, you know, yes, I can write, but like, I'm not as efficient at it. And it's not like the best use of my time. And so we started, and actually our division of labor started with Instagram. And mm. I would... I would take photos and then I would be like, here, Jen, write the caption. And we started to do that more and more and realize like, we actually need to have different roles at the company. We need to be doing different tasks that are more suited to our unique abilities and to like what we enjoy doing instead of feeling like we needed to share that. And what we're still very much sharing the responsibility, but it's in different ways. And I feel like our efficiency and our productivity and our growth significantly changed when we made that move um and and i don't know about for you jen but for me like the guilt subsided a lot of like oh i should be helping with that thing it's like no that's that's on jen's plate and if she needs help she'll ask me but it wasn't like i was carrying we were both all carrying the load of everything instead of only carrying half of it right yeah, we were trying to share everything instead of dividing based on strengths and kind of having more of a separate be- but equal approach in the business. And I think that's been a really important thing for us to to learn, and we're still learning, you know. And I think that's the, that's such a that's such a common struggle for any small business owner is, you know, we get into this business and we go, okay, I've got to wear all the hats because that's what we do, you know, and we just yeah. assume that that's the case. And even having a business partner, we weren't immune from that. We were both trying to wear all of the same hats, <laughs> which is like <laughs> practically doesn't work. And so it's been a, it's been a fun challenge to realize, like, no, 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 like, how can I lean into the things that are like my actual, you know, quote unquote zone of genius? How can I lean into the things that where I excel? And then how can I make space for Jeff to do the same? And I think you know when you don't have a business partner, you have to make those same questions. Um, appear in your business and you have to say, wait a second, how can I allow myself more time and more space to do what it is that I'm really great at? And then where can I make time to offload the things where that's not the best of my time or can I do those more efficiently? So we've, we've been learning that. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm learning that right now, just know that we're, we're learning it like this week. You know, we're still learning <laughs> it. But I, I, think it's, I think it's so helpful when you finally get to that place of like, wait a second. No, I don't have to do all the things just because I can't. You know, even if, even if I'm good at these things, I don't have to do all those things. So mm-hmm. I'm learning that. You will pry the things I'm good at out of my cold, dead hands. But <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there eventually. <laughs> well, and, you know, we, you know, we've also got into this sort of cadence of, of leaning like into those strengths and those weaknesses and, and just knowing that like for the sake of tonic as a company, we just need to be real honest about what those are and not try to force things. And so I think when we had that, like, well, I need to pull, like, I need to be a good writer or I need to be like really witty. Um, which comes sometimes, but it's not as natural for me as it is for Jen. And 
so there's something kind of funny, like in the tonic, the tonic brand voice, um, much to, much to Jen's chagrin and my own is like complicated. It has this certain tone. It's like witty and sharp and, and smart, but then it's also like kind of fun and lighthearted. And we're like, what did we create with this like brand voice tone? And, and so there's just like, I kind of, I remember there's just moments like, I'm just not quite as good at getting that as you are. So like, Jen, you do that. I'll do this instead. I'll take this off your plate, this thing that you hate. Um, and that is not your cup of tea. I'll do that. And so when we, we did that, that really also helped us when we started building a team, it was like, wow, we can, we can take that same strategy and like put people in the right place instead of feeling like, we had to do it all together equally all the time. Oh, that's really awesome. What was the, what was that journey like? Was it just an Instagram or, or I guess you said it's, it's still a journey that you're on right now. Um, <laughs> was that journey similar in regards to um, how you decided uh, to sort of go all in with website templates in comparison to building everything custom? Hmm. I mean, I think it's slightly different there. I think what, what we realized is like Tonic's place in the market was very much originally to provide a specific niche service. And I'm a huge, huge proponent of just having a niche and then like taking it in that niche in that niche, and just making sure that you're serving that niche as well as you can. And so the niche that we really identified in the market was that there was this, this, this whole for a really high-end customizable template that didn't feel like a template. And so we designed Tonic very much to fill that gap. And there wasn't this sense of like Tonic needs to be all things. There was this sense of like Tonic needs to do one thing exceptionally well. And I think that there's so much power in that and that realization of like, I don't have to be a wedding photographer for, for all people. I have to serve the kind of client that I'm looking for and serve them so specifically and serve them so well. And so I think that we really identified our, our, our target client and our target client was someone who was, was smart, who, who wanted to kill it in their business, who knew that they needed a great website, who valued my things and who wanted something that made them stand out um, that was going to help them succeed and kind of reach the next level in their business but needed it quickly and, you know, didn't have time to wait for custom design, didn't have time to, you know, go back and forth with the designer, wanted to see something awesome off of the shelf and say, that's it. I want that one. Give it to me now. <laughs> and so um, I still believe in custom design. I do a lot of custom design. We do it with, with tonic, but I think that that's not the majority of people. And I think the majority of us need a, bit, need a website that will pivot with us, that will move as quickly as we do um, that allows us to launch a new product as soon as we need to launch a new product or right now during, you know, COVID, um, being able to say, wait a second, how can I like make money right now when my old business model isn't working? What can I offer and offer quickly? And I don't think you should be held up by your website. So that's really what Tonic was designed to do. And then I think custom design has really operated um, outside of that for people who go, okay, I've had this website and now it's no longer meeting my needs. And I need someone to help me strategize and take my website presence to the next level. I think that's kind of where custom design comes in is in the strategy of saying, okay, how do we take your brand narrative and then thread it across your entire website? Mm 
So you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but when you're designing for a photographer, what are some of the keys to knowing that it's time for a new design? And then how, how do you help them determine whether they need a template or a custom design? Yeah, well, let me just address the first point, and then maybe Jeff can talk about um, how we just decide between custom or, or template. But I think the best um, the best indicator of whether your website is working or not is the kind of clients that you're booking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at yeah. some point, if you realize you're not attracting the kind of clients that you want to attract, and the people that are inquiring via your website are not your people, you go, wait a second, there's clearly something broken in the narrative here. There's clearly something that's not being translated well. And for most of our clients with with tonic, that's the first thing that they see is the difference in their inquiries and even the amount of inquiries, but just the kinds of inquiries they receive once their website better reflects their brand at its best. And so I think that's a really good sign. Um, I think another good sign is if you look at it and you're embarrassed. (laughs) And, you know, that's just like a really, it's a basic one. But I believe like life is way too short to be embarrassed of your website because your website is your billboard. You know, your website is your online handshake. That should be like you at your sexiest. Um, Your website, people should meet you and be like, whoa, like this is even better than your website. I had no idea. But I do think your website should be something that you're proud of. And that should be... um, um, your virtual your virtual home. And so if you are embarrassed to send people to your site and you're saying like, hey, just go check out my Instagram instead, which a surprising amount of people feel that way, then I think it's time to consider to consider updating. And I think a lot of people have like website shame of like, oh, I don't have time to get to it. I don't I don't have time to think about that right now. Well, I think it's one of those things where now is the time. You know, if you're if you're feeling that way, then take the time. It doesn't have to take six months. You know, it can take a couple of weeks or a week of focused time. And then all of a sudden you have that off your plate and you can finally feel great about the way you look online. So those are the two primary, um, the primary things I tell people is, you know, if you're not getting the clients you you want, um, then it might be time to rebrand and update your site. And then if you, um, if you have some website shame, then that's a great way to get rid of it is by, <laughs> by giving, it a, giving it a facelift. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, there, there's often that, that place that a lot of businesses get. Um, and, you know, we sort of see this all the time in our inboxes, you know, do I do I go custom or can I work off of a template? Um, and I think the the defining thing there is really what is your brand calling for? Um, and is there something in the template space that aligns with the vision that you have for your brand or where you want your brand to go? So oftentimes people come to us and they'll be like, hey, like my work is, is at this level. I'm charging this amount. I'm booking these sort of gigs. And yet my website doesn't reflect that. And so we need to kind of level up the website to match the level of the work. So if there is a website that exists that is pre-designed and in template form, then that kind of aligns with that and, and can help you get from A to B, then great. I think, I think there's, I'll try not to rant on about this too much, but I think there's a lot of, of pressure to sort of feel like you have this like completely unique, out of the box, never seen before, thing online you know you have this website that is just like so mind-blowing and I think that makes sense for some brands that really call for that level of innovation but I think more importantly what you got to remember is that sometimes I think that that kind of strokes the ego of an artist to be like groundbreaking all the time and that's what I even felt like 
myself when I first had my first website is I wanted to be so groundbreaking that I wasn't really thinking about like, what do my clients want to see in the website? What am, what am I trying to sell? What am I, what story am I trying to tell here? How am I helping them imagine themselves in these images? I was thinking about like making myself look a certain way instead of like what my clients needed from my website. So I think, you know, you look at a big brand, um, you know, like Jenna Kutcher, for example, that has a lot of moving pieces, that has a lot of um, sort of unique value propositions. There's a lot that she's offering to the world. That's not something that really fits well into a template because nothing really can hold that unless it's created specifically for her. And so Jen designed a custom site for her because that really makes sense for where her brand is and what kind of her people need from her. So they need something that feels like Jenna very specifically. And then also the infrastructure of the site is so unique that you couldn't really template that out. And so that's where I start to see like people need something custom if it ends up sort of you know, you're, if if you're changing every page and redesigning everything, if that's what you like sort of start to project when you look at the project, you probably need a custom site. If there's something that doesn't exist and you want to change everything, you probably need a custom site. Um, but what we don't want people to do is to be in the infancy of their business and think like, oh, Jenna Kutcher and Caitlin James all have custom sites with Tonic, so therefore I should go get like, no. Like they, their businesses called for that after sometimes after five, 10 years of, of knowing what they need. And so there, you know, and, and another, you know, from like a very logistical standpoint is like, you have to think about the budget too. So, you know, a 15, $20,000 site doesn't make sense for every business. Um, but maybe a hundred and, you know, a thousand, Five, you know, a thousand dollar website makes sense for for a young business, or maybe you're you're just starting out and you need a five hundred dollar website. So that's kind of some of the things we always recommend when people come to us. Like, do I need custom? Do I, you know? And there's been so many people who have gotten so far on a customized template because we actually had kind of designed something for them without it being custom for them if that makes sense like off the rack really will work if it's if it's tailored for them um and we've seen a lot of pressure oh sorry yeah. sorry no, no go ahead see interrupting cal <laughs> i told her it's gonna happen <laughs> just sitting here so excited to talk about this um, but i was just gonna say like i think that there's so much pressure all of a sudden especially in the creative world because now, more than any other time, we are so familiar with everyone else's presences yeah. online, with everyone else's websites, with our Instagrams, with exactly what everyone else has. And, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. You had no idea what the website as a photographer, you know, 10 towns over, much less in Paris, you know, it looked like. And now we do. Now we know. And so I think there's this really insular pressure that we need to look a certain way and have a certain standard of website online. And thankfully, technology has advanced a lot. And so we really can achieve that. But I think it's just important to know that like your clients are going to be served well by you. And your website is just answering a couple of questions for them. It's answering like, hey, can you do what you say you're going to do for me? 
Um, and you really help me with this problem. And if your website mm-hmm. does that, if your website can clearly illustrate the answers to those questions, then it's going to do a good job and you can always update. And I think the encouraging thing is to realize that like Jenna Kutcher, when I worked with Jenna Kutcher, she was already a very successful businesswoman. She did not have a custom website. She had a website template. Caitlin James built her own website prior to working with me and it was fine, but she became Caitlin James with a website that was fine. That was not fantastic. And all of these people, they didn't start out with these incredible websites um, that they might have now. They started out and they worked on their business. And I think it can honestly be like a form yes. of procrastination or like uh, or imposter syndrome of like, well, I can't do that until I look like them. And I'm just here to tell you that that's not true. That all you have to get out and do is create great work. And if you create great work and then put it on your website, that's the recipe that you need to succeed. It's it's not the website first. So we always say that like a, a designer can't give you a brand, but it can give your brand something to wear. So if you need a place to start, <laughs> start by inhabiting your brand. Um, start by inhabiting your brand and building your brand and connecting with people and building relationships. And then build that back out into your website. And that's where I think you end up with a really powerful online presence. Oof. You Tweetable. <laughs> Do people tweet anymore? I think I think some people tweet. I, I haven't tweeted for a while. That was that, all tweet worthy. But you only have 140 characters or something like that. So I'm not sure you can get all that all that magic juice in there. Yeah. It, I it never worked for, for me. Twitter, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I'm too long-winded for Twitter. It never worked. I felt so controlled. It was just, it was, um, one, I, I thought, I think the idea of mentioning imposter syndrome and the frequency with which creatives sort of encounter that. Um, Jeff, you even talked about, we, we all, I mean, we've, we've all got uh, relationships with photographers, having been photographers and just creatives in general. Um, that's just such a huge part of the creative journey. Um, but as I think about um Jeff, when you mentioned the idea of your clients imagining themselves in the images on the site, I, I think about a photographer mm. and wondering how you work with them specifically, you know, and that sometimes being one of the hardest things when you're when you have all this access to what sites should look like, and then you have a photographer come to you trying to figure out like how do I even make this template work for me, right? Mm. Um, and thinking even of, of past show when I remember, um, you know, Davey's presentation when he was saying, can you do that yeah. for someone like me? Right. And so when they look at the yeah. template and they're saying, Hey, can I make your template? Can you, can your template do that for someone like me? How do you help them again, work through that? Cause I know y'all know as designers, you're helping people think through even how they think of themselves and their brand and all those other things. Um, how, how do you think through that? And how do you give them advice? And how would you give photographers listening advice about how they choose the images, how they put themselves forward and what they should be thinking? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, we always say like when you start with, in, with intention, you create yeah. with purpose, you know, and before you do any project, whether it's a custom website or a template website, I think you have to use the same variables and the same variables are, you know, what is my brand? Who is my ideal client? And how, and how am I going to reach them? And then you're, once you take those kind of elements, you begin to have this rubric through which you can make decisions. And so if you know your ideal client is this, um, you know, 
really attention detail oriented and type A planner who wants to make sure all the details are perfect and all the shot list was completed. That's going to impact kind of images that you show on your website. It's going to impact the copy that you display on your website. And so if you have this idea of who, what your brand is and then who you want it to reach, I think that you can walk into the template process and be really strategic in how you build out the design. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that we try to help people with as they're looking at a template going, how do I choose this? How will it work for me? We try to get people to look beyond just the aesthetics of the templates because I think it can be really easy to be swayed by pretty. <laughs> and you just see something that's beautiful and you go, oh, this is going to work for my brand. And what you really want to evaluate is how is the template set up in terms of the strategy, in terms of the content, in terms of the imagery, would the structure of the site work well for my brand? And I think that's one thing that Jeff and I do differently is we really try to impart all of the custom strategy that we put into our custom projects that are, you know, $20,000 website projects. We put all of that back into our template design. And so if there's an element on the page, it's because we've really thought carefully about how a living, breathing brand might use that website and how we can still build a really cool narrative flow that's going to convert a client. And so we're thinking about like, is there a brand statement on the homepage that's going to clearly state what this person does and who they do it for? We're thinking about like, where do we put some sort of lead magnet so that people can build their list? Where do we like add some sort of conversion statement that gets people to get in touch? You know, we're thinking about each of those things. And I think that's a helpful point is, you know, the average person isn't having to make all these decisions and having to think through that because we've already done it for them. So we really try to give people a leg up as much as possible in that regard so that they can just focus on plugging and playing. You know, they can just put content in and images in and call it a day instead of having to reverse engineer the elements that make a great website. So I think if you're if you're thinking through templates, you're trying to decide what works, take a look. Don't look at the fonts, don't look at the colors, but look at the structure and think about what your what your client is looking for from a website. And if the if the template can speak to that, then I think that you're gonna be off to a great start. As a photographer, I know that sitting down in front of a new website can feel so overwhelming. Um to even like get started, even with a template, even or even mm -hmm. thinking about like moving forward with a custom design. Do you guys have any advice for maybe a photographer who's just starting out in their business or even just wanting to do an update or start over completely? Like, what do you do when you feel so overwhelmed that you don't know where to start? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing is... It, is what Jen has been talking about is like really understanding who it is you want to reach. Mm -hmm. So once you have that rubric defined, I think that's the first thing you do is just really profile out who that ideal client is. Um, and then from there, I think one of the biggest hangups for people, um, and it it it's it's everyone literally from from the the top content creators we've ever worked with to the brand new photographers, everyone struggles with content. And so we, we know that's a struggle and we hear it a lot. And what we've been encouraging our clients to do um, is just start, like start with like a small chunk of something. And I think sometimes we sit down and we're like, okay, we're writing a website copy. <laughs> 
and there's you got your google document out and you're like okay and then you're like staring at a blinking cursor for hours right and that is just like a recipe for overwhelm um and what we've been saying is like hey like start like write your bio okay now check okay why don't you like pull some of like your recent work into a folder on your desktop and you might have 200 images in there. We know that's too many images to put on your site, but let's start there. And then you can say like, okay, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a machete to this and I'm going to curate it down. Okay, great. Now I have it down to hundred. Okay. Next weekend, pour yourself a glass of wine, make yourself a stiff, co- a stiff cocktail <laughs> and then take another pass at it. So you can really get down to an appropriate amount for the website doing it in pieces and in a looser way I think in the beginning is super helpful and then you can start to think about okay now I need to like map the site you know map the site out okay I need a call to action here I need a little blurb here about this I need a little caption here but just when you when you're sitting down and trying to make that decision get some stuff out on paper and then kind of see what, what needs to come from that. It might mean like, you know what, man, I just like tapped into this whole thing. I need like three more pages on my website because I want to share about this or man, I just had like one traditional 350 word bio that is like so lame. And now I want to like retool that and do like a long form story like Beth Kirby did on her site. And that works for her reader. That works for her people. They want to know more about her and her her story as a creative. And so the more that you kind of dig into that stuff and kind of keep an open mind and you start to listen to like what people are saying about you or how people are responding, you start to know like, wow, I could really share some more content there um, and, and start to piece that together. Um, and and further, I think it's like it's so um, it's so easy when it comes to being like a maybe easy is not quite the right word, but there's a lot of potential in the fact that you're a lot of photographers, most all photographers, it's a personal brand. Mm-hmm. So like, look at yourself. Um, what are people saying about you? What are what are you known for? What do you um, bring to the table as a person that is going to help people feel more comfortable with you or be able to trust you to to photograph their wedding? And people care about that because they're spending a very intimate day with somebody for eight to ten hours. (laughs) The fact that people connect with Jenna Kutcher over mac and cheese is kind of silly. But like, who do you think of when you're in the noodle aisle? or the pasta aisle, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> when, you're am- when you're among the noodles, who do you think about? You think of sure. Um, and that, that could be with anything. You see the color teal, you think of Caitlin James. You know, when you see a black and white photo, you think of Justin and Mary. Like, that's just stuff that, like, is personal to them, but they've, like, leveraged it in terms of, like, a connection point for their brand as well. Thank you all. That was, I, I can't, <laughs> uh, I think we have things I, to say guys. <laughs> hey, Hey, I think, I mean, so when we were in Cabo, I mean, it was, it was the first time I met y'all, but I mean, I just think the depth that's there, I think people can chew on the things that you've said here for 
you know, it's one of those podcasts you have to listen to a number of times just to get everything that you've said, uh, even down to some of the uh, psychology of it all. Right. And the way you the way you think about it, the personal nature of it. And, and what I don't think yeah. people often realize is what you're just saying, Jeff, and the idea that the brand is really an extension of your own identity. And I think people right. think brand is this thing out there that they've got to create. And it's like, no, 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 no. I think there's some personal work that you have to do. And then from that, the thing that people get to interact with is really is your brand, but that brand is merely just an extension and reflection of who you're being out in the world anyways. And so the work that you do there then ends up being the work that you do for other people, which is, which is so great. So I appreciate y'all for uh, sharing so much of that. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's interesting too, because Jen and I always tell people that your website, like you're a human and humans are complex and and dynamic and complicated and evolving and so is your brand but your brand doesn't necessarily have to represent all of who you are as a human you can like it's asking a brand to do something it's not made to do what a brand is is meant to do is to is to reflect potentially parts of your personality if it's a potential if it's a personal brand but ultimately what it's what it's meant to do is to do something for somebody else Right. And to meet a need and to serve them well. And so, you know, I always say, like, there's parts of your personality that aren't going to translate well online. Yeah, totally. right. Or that maybe you leave out or you position in a different way because you know that, like, you know, there, there's a better way to do it. Um, yeah. And so that's why, to me, that just relieves a ton of pressure. Like, yeah. oh, great okay, my brand on my website isn't representative of my entire human existence. Cool. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> I can like pick one or two things about myself that I want to focus on and right. the strengths that I want to leverage. I don't have to get into everything that I like ever because we know that that's so paralyzing. When you come to a thing and think you have to represent all of who you are, and like all of the colors you've ever liked in your life, like we don't need it to be taste the rainbow. Like it needs to be like, okay, like what makes sense for your clients and for your work and for the vibe you're trying to put out, not everything you've ever liked. And so that to me has like a sense of like weight, like weightlessness because it's like, okay, I don't, I can just make some decisions that align with what Jen was talking about, that align with that rubric. Um, and then it's not all about your whole identity. It's about your brand identity, which is, is more created than it is, um, you know, I guess you're, well, we don't need to get in personal identity and how that's created too, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of stuff there, but um, I think you're right that it, it, it is, it is an extension of your, of your identity and um, it's part of your identity, but it's not all of it. And I think that's very free. No, it's perfect. That's great. So if people want to find more information about Tonic and everything you have to offer, things that are coming down the pike, where did they go? We're hiding out. You can't find us. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're hiding uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) We used to have like a TV situation. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Let me plug all the things. Um, Yeah. You can, you can find us at Tonic Site Shop on Instagram you can find us um, via our email list. And so we have a really fun email list. We send out weekly emails. So if you want more long-winded talk about things that arguably matter, um, then you can join us at tonicsiteshop.com slash tonicvip. That's how you get on our email list. 
And then you can find us and shop our website templates at tonicsightshop.com. And we would love to chat with you. You can also email us via that. And it's actually us responding. And we would love to, to chat with you if you have any questions or anything that makes sense that we talked about today. You can call us there. Yeah, I, I will I will give an additional plug to our our email list right now because Anne has been doing a series that she's affectionately sort of named Long and Weird. And we get into some really good stuff. And so um, definitely join us there. We love having conversations with people um, about these sorts of things that are often layered and deep and 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 more than you could ever cover in in a podcast interview or in an email, but at least we're all kind of digging into it together. So come join us there. It, it's been it's been where it's at, man. <laughs> well, awesome. thank, thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and all the insight Special you guys course. have given all of our listeners. We appreciate it so much. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, so enjoyed it, guys. Man, that was amazing. Yeah, I love them. Like they they're super smart. Uh, Super like the way they like play off of each other is super great too. Like it's, it's pretty incredible what they're trying to, what they've actually done. Like it's crazy. I know. I love them so much. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the United podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jen and Jeff as much as we did. And thank you to both Jen and Jeff for sharing their time with us and their amazing wisdom. And make sure to check out tonic online at tonic and on Instagram at tonic We'll put all of this in the show notes for you to make it easy to find them. Yep. And if you are enjoying what you are hearing from us, please check us out on Instagram at show it United and subscribe to the United podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts while you're subscribing, leave a comment, give us your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. We want to hear that feedback from you because we love hearing from our community of creatives. But until then, We look forward to talking to you again. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you in the next one. See you later, y'all. Bye now.